Hola familia. Welcome to another episode of A Little Mas. This is part two of episode 86, where we continue last week's discussion on infertility and infant loss. On this week's episode, Celeste is going to walk us through how she has navigated secondary infertility, as well as a discussion on the things that have helped us in the healing process. As always, we appreciate you and thank you for being a part of this conversation. But so, Sally, in your in your um, relationship, like in your marriage, mm-hmm. how do you think infertility? Because I know you said that you know you've been dealing with secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called secondary. Yes, secondary fertility. Well, I think how is that? Yeah. So for me, um, I guess I'd have to take it back to. The first time mm-hmm. I was dealing with infertility, I remember, like I said, once I was finally able to just kind of, I think it it really, it took a lot of prayer for me and it coming to Jesus and just being like, Lord, please help me. I don't want to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it took years yeah. mm-hmm. to where I was finally like, the in Spanish, I'm thinking, me resigné. You know, like I kind of just accepted that maybe I wasn't going to have any kids. Mm-hmm. And that was hard because I fought that so hard. Like I was like, Lord, you can't do this to me. Like I'm your child yeah. and, you know, please don't do this to me. Like I want this more than anything. And I think I'd be a great mom. Yeah. And my husband would be a great father. Please bless me with this. Right. And so I came at it from that kind of an angle. And um, I think it, it's, I'm sorry, so I think it's what you said once in a podcast is, and I was looking up, um, mm-hmm. one of my friends posted this, and um, I remember this saying, and if not, he is still good. Yes. I think you finally have to come to that place where yes. you realize, God, if I don't, if you don't give me this, mm-hmm. you are still good. Yes. And I will still love you. And that was a hard realization for me, mm-hmm. Maze, because I think I had to take inventory. I wanted this so bad. Yeah. Just like it was all consuming for mm-hmm. me. And I had to step back and think of what are the blessings that I do have. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to see that at first, you know, because it's like, but I just want this so mm-hmm. bad, Lord, you know. Um, but I realized I have like, so my husband and I were very open about it. So we didn't talk to very many people about it, but with each other, we were very open. Mm-hmm. And so I would share, you know, my insecurities. And I think I, I remember asking him one day, just point blank, mm-hmm. you know, and in between tears, um, we were having a serious conversation. I remember asking him, babe. I said, what if I can't have any kids? Because I was like, it's me for sure. Like, there's no way it's you, honey, you know? And he's like, and he would try to comfort me. No, babe, it's probably me. Don't say that. You know, I'd be like, don't say that. It's, it's me. me. It's me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's me. I'm the woman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't do it. And he would be like, and so I remember asking him, like, honey, like, if we can't ever have kids, would you still love me? Because my fear was he would think that I was broken. And it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Um, if you know, cause you don't think about it initially getting married, you know, it's like at the back of your mind, yeah, you know, you're one like, day I'm going to have kids. Yeah. But when you're at that stage where you're like, you know what? I think we're ready to mm-hmm. just kind of grow and expand our family. I was like, that's important to him. I know it is, you know, he's, he's always talked about having a kid or two mm-hmm. or, you know, and so or I remember 20. asking him that. Yeah. Or 20, yeah. he'd love to have a huge family. <laughs> I remember asking him and he looked right at me and he's like, babe, I didn't marry you for kids. Mm-hmm. Like I married you because I loved you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, and so if all I get is you, then I got what I wanted. And I'm like, oh, 
And it just like that's true. And he was patient. You know, <laughs> he waited for you and everything. Yes. And so yeah, our story, that's true. Uh-huh. And so I knew he was truthful about it. Yeah. And I was so thankful. But we mm-hmm. had these conversations and it was like, okay, so if we can't have kids, are we okay with just being just me and you and no mm-hmm. kids? Do we look at adopting? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what do we want to do? You yeah. know, kind of a thing. And so we would have those conversations. Um, and then so now going forward, um, we do have our daughter and it's been years. I mean, she's nine now, mm-hmm. you know, and at eight years old, I find out, boom, you know, like I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then two and a half months later, we have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so um, so here we go again where I'm like, Ugh. and I had, you know, I hadn't experienced a miscarriage before. Um, and so that loss is really real. And so I can relate to you, Maze, when you're saying, you know, for you, it was like, you know, you want people to know that your little one was real. So for me, when we did conceive, um, and it was just, you know, last August. So this September was actually a year of me having miscarried. Mm. And so for us, it was, you know, being excited. We hadn't really told anyone in our family that we were expecting because our doctor had kind of, you know, at her urgency, just kind of like, hey, you know, just recommendation. Let's just keep it until after the third trimester and then you Mm -hmm. can let family members know. So we didn't say anything to anybody. Our parents knew and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I had the miscarriage, well, no one knew. And so I had one of two choices. I don't say anything to anyone and I just Mm -hmm. act like it didn't happen. Or I let people know I had a miscarriage. And so it's it's interesting because she had told us, don't tell people because then you're going to have to tell everyone that you mm-hmm. had a miscarriage. Yeah. But then it was like my way of dealing with it was I need people to know that mm-hmm. my baby was real. Yeah. Like that was part of my healing process. Well, because you guys had waited so many years mm-hmm. for this little one. Yes. And then finally you get this little one. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And so at first, I mean, it was rough, man. It was rough. But seeing how my husband cared for me through it Mm -hmm. all and just was there for me. And like, I just like I was telling a friend at work one day, you know, after when she found out, I was like, girl, I didn't really. I mean, I knew that I know I've always known I love my husband. But through it all, like you just kind of moments like these for us have helped to bring us together. And like, I re fall in love with him, you know, just like. God is so good in that he, you know, he has given this love Mm -hmm. to my husband towards me that he can care for me in that way. And so um, it was tough. And so it's different because you're right, Mavis. We all have different ways of grieving. And so while I'm here, you know, letting family members know, you know, yeah, we had a miscarriage, our little one passed. And, you know, that kind of he was like he'd almost like cringe every time Mm -hmm. we brought it up because for him it's like I don't want to remember again and so so the way that I you know cared for him was I'd say babe you know I would like to post this or I would like to say this Mm -hmm. is that okay yeah and he'd kind of look at me and be like like I could tell it was just like oh let's not like why do we need to tell people you know yeah and so, because he's really private about that and stuff. In a way, that's how it was with my husband. When yes. I would bring it up, it was like, why, honey? Why do you want to keep <laughs> yeah. on reopening this mm-hmm. wound? And everyone was like, yeah. I need to yes. And so that's why I would I always check of, in. Of yes. Yeah. So I'd always check in with him and just like, you know, honey, I'm thinking of doing this. Or I've, um, I've even, like, purchased little things. Like, I found this awesome um, on Etsy shop, this awesome... Um, creator who makes these like awesome little duplications keepsakes? of yeah keepsakes duplications of mm-hmm. ultrasounds and so I you know it was like honey I would love to do this just kind of so yeah. I could have something to keep yeah. he's like do what you got to do babe whatever mm-hmm. you have to do and I'm like oh, you know thanks and so he would kind of let me 
Um, and so that was kind of, you know, that's been kind of my way to kind of heal and work mm-hmm. through it is just honoring my, li- I feel like I just, I have to honor my little one. Let, let people know that, that you know, my little one existed. Like yeah. it was special to me. It doesn't matter how long that little one, you know, was inside of me. And the fact that I didn't get to meet them this side of earth, mm-hmm. my little one's in heaven, but it was, you know, when my little real. one was real. That's was my real, real angel baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, so in my in my sense um i can only credit it to just kind of the relationship that both my husband and i have with the lord mm-hmm. that has kept our marriage together mm-hmm. because i was doing before we actually started doing the podcast i was just kind of researching statistics on divorce and infertility mm-hmm. rates and yeah. there was a study done um and this was reported by usnews.com a danish study um conducted in like early 2000s and it was 47,500 Danish women um, who had gone to fertility centers mm-hmm. um, and had registered you know to start like IVF treatments those mm-hmm. kinds of things um, they were monitored over a certain amount of years I want to say it was um, between 1990 and 2006 all the way up to 2007 mm-hmm what they did is they made sure that these women that they were studying uh, were actually either cohabitating or had like an actual relationship. So they were with somebody throughout this time. And researchers found that more than one quarter of the women, so roughly 26.7%, were either divorced or living alone by the last follow-up of their IVF treatment as much as 12 years after the fact. Well, yeah, it puts it... It puts a strain when you don't see results. Because I think Mm -hmm. we went through four cycles mm. and we were nearing we were, we were having the conversation with our doctor where she was okay if it doesn't work i think she only did like five maybe six cycles yeah. and then she's like no more mm-hmm. that was her recommendation and i remember after each because you do because you have all this like lingo that you that you learn yeah. and so you have this like this two-week wait period where um you shouldn't even take a pregnancy test over that time because wow. you, know, you have to wait until after yeah and so um Every time you get the BFN or the big fat negative, you know. Um, BFN. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, you. It's devastating. I remember. Yeah. I would cry every single time because you're supposed to, you know, take the printing test yeah. and then call her in with the results. Uh. And and it's like even though you try to tell yourself don't get excited about mm-hmm. this, there, you allow yourself mm-hmm. that well, little yeah, inch to hope. Yeah. 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 And so yes, it's soul crushing when you get that. Yeah. Nope. It was devastating. I remember I we only stopped the treatment, n- not because it failed, but because I got a new job and I didn't want to, you know, then, you know, have to explain to them, oh, I have to I take, take time off oh, because right. I have to go to the doctor and you have to go at the specific times mm-hmm. and on specific days. And how is that going to look with a new job? Yeah. So I remember telling my doctor, I was like, OK, we're going to take a break for a while yeah. and then we'll resume again. You probably needed it, too, though. Like mentally and in your heart, like the I can't break. Even imagine yeah. probably mm-hmm. that break. Yeah, I feel like you could just lose your mind. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah, because we were like month. After, well, first you ha- we had to prep everything, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like the moment we met her. We started the next month. Yeah. It took a few months. Yeah, I think we met with her in February, and then in like July or June we started. We could officially start. But yeah, it was it's it is draining. And I remember though the one thing that that has come out of all of this though for me personally is I've always been a really private person. I still am, mm-hmm. but I feel I'm more vocal about that now. Like mm-hmm. I remember um, 
people will bring that up and I feel like I talk about it more. Mm. I remember with the um, with the new job, I had to do a physical, and they ask you, you know, like, are we taking medication? And I'd be like, I took this. Yeah. You know, so, um, and I would have to tell her the medication I, would ha- I had taken because of the cycles I was on and everything. But one thing I wanted to ask um, you guys, or sisters, is, um, so, what do you, th- it sounds like from listening to all mm-hmm. of our stories, there was like one one constant mm-hmm. that kind of, no matter how dark the situation was that we all, our marriages were going, th- were dealing with to try or trying to overcome when it came mm-hmm. to the infertility. Um, it's like we really held on to God. Mm-hmm. I remember with me personally though, I I listened to you. And I'm like you guys were really gracious compared yeah. to me. I, <laughs> I didn't like, feel like I was gracious <laughs> going through it. I remember I was mad with God mm-hmm. during those times. I remember being like so upset with Him. And thinking, like, how could you let this happen mm. to me? Like, haven't I done everything you've asked <laughs> of me? Mm-hmm. And there was one thing that would always run through my mind. I remember that one time I had the opportunity to preach at church. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, one of my things that I had said. And, again, we were dealing through this. We were, I was dealing through this storm, you know. And I remember I had said, you know, um, I had mentioned the fact, you know, that, you know, we weren't able to conceive. And... Um, that we had been trying or whatever. I mm-hmm. can't remember exactly anymore, but I, I do remember saying it was, you know, and if God never, you know, and if it never happens here, I'll still serve God. Uh, Ooh. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you know my heart is to have a child. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Like, make me, like, um, uphold these words I said, you know? <laughs> I remember being like, you can't do this. And then thinking like, well, now how, how I, dare you make me a bolt? <laughs> like, now how am I going to tell the people if I'm all upset because I can't conceive your children when I've just openly professed that I would mm-hmm. still, you know, walk <laughs> yeah. with you throughout yeah. the storm. And I'm like, oh, I was like, was it, is it because I said that, God? Is it like, is that why? Uh, yeah, I, I can I can relate to what you said. I remember, and so w- with me, it was like a private moment between God and I, uh-huh. and I had been, you know, bawling my eyes out like I did almost every night and in conversation with him, just talking to God. I was like, God, I had finally gotten to the point where I was just, I think what happened with me is I was tired of feeling miserable mm-hmm. and feeling so unhappy and so mm-hmm. bitter. And I was starting to realize that it was just consuming all of me, all of my energy. And I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't who I normally am. Mm-hmm. And so I remember apologizing to God. And then it was almost like his spirit kind of like leading me, compelling me to be like, mm-hmm. so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And I remember just kind of being <laughs> like, I remember thinking in my head, Lord, I know I would still love you even if I had, can't well, have kids. not apologizing for the way you felt. No, no, no. But for the fact that this was just. Although I did have to apologize because I was angry at people mm-hmm. who were able to conceive. Yeah. And I would like, ugh. I just wanted to like, I would find I would find things to like, but Lord, really? Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. I would, you know, I yeah. would say things in, in my anger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was it was almost like, yeah. Lord, but, you know, I I try to do things right, you know, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like that. And I had it was I had no right. Right. To none. ever, yeah. ever say that, you know, it's mm-hmm. like 
who God chooses to bless is up yeah. to God and not yeah. my, you know, like that was, I was totally, so, so that's what I meant. One of our close, like, yes. pastor friends. Yes, one of our pastor you? friends straight was like, Mija, are you serious with this thinking? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I like, the thing is, that's how the enemy works. Like, mm-hmm. I felt justified in the fact that like, oh. Like you served God. Yes, so, you know, and it was like, and that's how the enemy tried to like mm-hmm. blind me right, and, yeah. and made, you know, and so the bitterness started creeping in and like a cancer that I didn't even, you know, realize was consuming me until it was like, oh my gosh, why am I so unhappy all the time? Right. Mm-hmm. And when he told me that, I remember in the moment, I've shared this before, just kind of being a little, so like, oh, oh, you just going to say this to somebody you because you're not going through this. Him. Absolutely. Yeah. And it took me, and during that time, I started kind of processing that. And that's when it kind of started hitting me like, you know what? It's true. Like, who the heck am I to judge anybody or who God decides to bless with a child or not? That is not my place. And praise the Lord for being so good and kind to blessing whoever it is, you know? And so, but so it did. I remember thinking in my mind, Lord, I'm about to say this to you, that even if I can't have kids, I'm still going to love you. But, but you're, kids, right? you're almost like, you're almost like, yeah. like yeah. D- don't like, you know, please don't make me actually have to live it. And then it was like, no, I, I can't do that. Yeah, like, yeah. so I just was, I freely was like, Lord, I just give it all to you. Yeah. Like if I never, ever can have kids then yeah. you know what? You've given me a husband who loves me. I have you. And honestly, sisters, I thank God for you guys. And I thank God for our brother. You know, having you guys in my life, being able to go through these things with you guys has been a huge blessing to me. Because going through this alone, I don't know how I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so part of how we deal is, you know, yeah, being open with our closest circle. Mm-hmm. And you guys, this is what I'm struggling with. And it's been hard, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so I don't know how it ended up working out that the Lord, you know, it, well, not the whole, but you know that it ended up being that we've all kind of had these similar struggles. But the yeah. fact that we've had somebody to talk to in each right. other has been huge for me. Like going through this recent miscarriage, right. having you guys has well, been huge. I think about it all the time. And I'm like, had I been the first one, I think it would have been real chaotic in my life. Mm. Because I remember that when it happened, I, well, it happened on, on Thanksgiving, yes. and so yeah. it was like I that couldn't hide from anybody. So it's like <laughs> really everybody hard. kind of knew, you know, mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. waiting for you know us to hear from the doctor, and that's when Mabel came up to me, and I think that kind of really brought us close. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think about it now, and I'm like, I hate that you had to go. Through I know, that, I know exactly what you mean. But had you not gone through that, I feel like I would have taken this pill a lot harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I would have. I feel like I. Cause I know me, and like mm-hmm. I said, I had my, I, I, I was really vocal with God about how I felt. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was really vocal, and, and I remember my husband would be like, "But Evelyn, like, it's not God. God's been so good. You look at all the blessings mm-hmm. you have." And I remember being like, "But this, and He knows." And <laughs> and I remember people were like, would pray over our mm-hmm. lives and everything. I'd be like, "But how can it feel so like it's going to, you know, happen, and it doesn't happen?" And so I feel like. I could have, I could have totally crumbled, mm-hmm. like more so, and maybe like deviated so badly had had I not had the support, mm-hmm. because I, I wouldn't have known who to go to, because mm-hmm. I'm so private that I would just have internalized the whole thing, yeah. and just have dealt with it all on my own, and um, and I mean I I'm so thankful in that sense that mm-hmm. you were there for me is because, like you. I think you're the one that told me, like, I think it was you that told me, you know, it's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's okay. You know, this, this, it's an awful thing you're going mm-hmm. through. And, and, um, 
I think talking with you and everything like that. And I remember I um, it took me a long, long time before mm-hmm. I um kind of get came to your to your realization because mm-hmm. I remember I told you the whole thing and what I had said <laughs> about how yeah I always serve God. <laughs> yeah, but this, it never happened, <laughs> and that kept resonating in my head mm-hmm. after the miscarriage. It was like this is why, this is why, you know. And it took me the longest time to kind of pull myself out of that, and um, and then I found that book, the um, Grieving the Child I Never Knew book, mm-hmm. and my husband and I did it as a devotional, and that really helped. But going back to what my original thing was, I feel like like um, placing our placing ourselves in God's hands mm-hmm. is really what helped us. Yes. No matter in my case, I was angry with him at first. But I was still communicating with mm-hmm. him, letting him know it. And I, I think I knew because of the conversation I had with Mabel that he understood that I was mad mm-hmm. and that I was that that was my way that I was grieving, you know, with him. It was like, because to me, it's like, you know, you you thought, you think, you know, like, this shouldn't happen to somebody who, like, you know, follows God. Um, and but why, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's really tough. So I'm sorry. I'm, what I'm really trying to get at is this, guys, um, ladies, <laughs> is that um, in in my personal story, you know, yeah, we went through the infer- through infertility for um, almost a decade, uh, or maybe a decade, and um, I can't imagine what it would be like had that been the end of my story. Mm-hmm. But for all of our familia that's made me struggling with this, um, I know what got me through during the storm. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, just relying on God. And even if I was mad at him, um, knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, I think I finally came to that realization, at the end of the day, he has everything under control. Mm-hmm. And um, and who am I to, you know, like Job, you know, when he mm-hmm. tells Job, well, who are you? Were you there when you created this? Mm-hmm. Were you there when this got put mm-hmm. into place? I wasn't, and I'm not, and ultimately I'm not God mm-hmm. to be able to determine, like Sally was saying, who gets, you know, a child and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we prepare to wind up, we've had so many really important things that we've talked about today. And Familia, if you're going through infertility and you're, you know, with your significant other experiencing this, you know, really serious loss and just, you know, the the sadness and all the stuff that comes along, all of these intense feelings that comes along with infertility. Um, we wanted to leave you with a couple tips. We came across an article. Uh, we'll post a link to our, you know, so that everybody can access that. But a few things that we wanted to kind of just mention. Um, in light of reading, you know, the statistics of how infertility does tend to impact, you know, the longevity of a marriage or a relationship. And it can end because of all the stress that people are under and the intense feelings and, you know, just the gravity of that. So one of the things that I come away with is definitely if you're going through this together, I'd encourage you not to blame each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because you're each going through your own intense feelings, your own loss. There's a lot of shame and guilt oftentimes associated with this. And so blaming one another only acts as like it's a counteractive, you know, um, motion if you will it it works against bringing you guys closer together yeah it's yeah so it doesn't bring you together it causes a divide and a rift and now this blaming becomes personal you're already in such a vulnerable and emotional state and hurting and to and to be made to feel like it's your fault so would you suggest Sally then 
So like lean on each other? Yes, definitely lean on each other, turn towards each other, talk about, you know, how hard this is for one another. And when that and when your significant other shares how hard it is, how difficult it is, you just listen and you say, you know what, hun? I'm so sorry. And I'm with you. Like, I feel your pain. I'm going through it, too. Yeah. And this is how it impacts me. Yes, because, you, you know, know? You, just, you just said something very important. And I felt like at first I didn't realize that I, I was so internalized with mm-hmm. me and thinking about how it was hurting. I was thinking about my husband. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When you're going through that, you're going through it together. Yes. It impacts both of you. Yes. And sometimes we can only see because we're our own little island sometimes mm-hmm. is what we're going through. And so that definitely, in my experience, has brought me and my husband together, is being able mm-hmm. to talk about those things, even in the moment, even when I'm afraid. Like when I mentioned that I said to him, you know, would you still love me if I couldn't mm-hmm. have kids? That was my real fear. And for him to just kind of look at me, validate that I get that you're scared, babe, but I would never stop mm-hmm. loving you because of that. For me, it was like, oh, a huge weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to do that. So definitely, yes, turn towards one another. Don't blame each other. You're going through enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help in any way to blame mm-hmm. one another. Be supportive during times of grieving and venting. That goes included with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So sit, make the time to listen. Don't try to fix the situation. You know, uh, so if your significant other says to you, oh my, you know, just this is how difficult it is. It's not... The answer is not to say things like, oh, it's going to get better or, you know, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It actually probably really is right. a big deal to them. And so just listening and saying, man, you know, my heart hurts with you. And I know I can understand what you're saying or or I can feel your pain just kind of as you talk about it. It's just letting sometimes it's not even saying anything. It's just listening and letting them vent. And then one of the other ones that I kind of take away from this is get help if you need the help. So ideas for this could be counseling, uh, maybe a support group for people dealing with infertility mm-hmm. issues, support from your church, lean on your, you know, if there's a cl- <coughs> close, you know, support group at church right. that you, you know, whether that's your pastors, uh, you know, people that you fellowship with, mm-hmm. prayer, journaling, mm-hmm. you know, even you talked about your journaling, those kinds of things. Um, for me, honestly, it's been speaking about it. You know, not letting it be this issue that is unspoken. And you've been, for me, part of the healing too has been just in talking with other women and hearing their story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not alone. And that's been huge too. So we want to leave you with that, Familia. And we thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. And we're with you every step of the way. As always, you can find this and all of our other episodes on alittlemuspodcast.com. You said it, girl. <laughs> See, this is a little different. That's the website. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're also on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Uh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna pro take over. You can find us on Instagram on a little mus underscore Facebook, a little mus podcast. Thank you for joining us, Familia Sally said, with uh, just an episode that I mean, we just poured our hearts. We love you, and I hope this was just a big needed hug for all of you that have been struggling. For now, this is Mabel, Evelyn, and Celeste, and you've been listening to a, a little, little mus. mus. Adios.